0: When you build trust with people, they interpret you differently, they experience you differently. When you say something is co- costs more and is worth it, they believe you because they trust you because you built that trust, you've earned that trust. And so the relationships of trust is a great outcome that we always want, but also, when we build the relationships of trust, it's how it leads to the sale. So it works kind of both directions. Yeah.
1: Welcome to the Making Sales Social podcast, featuring the top voices in sales, marketing, and business. Join Bryn Tillman and me, Bob Woods, as we each bring you the best tips and strategies our guests are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Enjoy the show.
2: Welcome back to Making Sales Social. I am here with Stephen M.R. Covey, who is the New York Times and number one Wall Street Journal bestselling author of The Speed of Trust, which has sold over 2 million copies worldwide. He's also the author of the newly released Wall Street Journal bestseller, Trust and Inspire, How Truly Great Leaders Unleash Greatness in Others which just warms my heart. I love this. In this new book, Stephen is offering transformative approach for the kind of leadership we need to move toward today. He is calling it Trust and Inspire, explores the importance of trust in building strong and successful relationships, both personally and professionally. This amazing book emphasizes the need for individuals to cultivate trust by being authentic, reliable, and empathetic in their interactions with others. The future of work and leadership is moving from command and control to trust and inspire. And this book is about how to do it. On a personal note, I am a huge fan of Stephen's work and blown away at the transformations he is leading in this quickly growing culture-driven workplace. Welcome to the show, Stephen.
0: Wow! What a wonderful introduction, Brin. Thank you. I'm I am had so much
2: fun you. putting it together. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. You're you're amazing, uh, well, and I'm such a fan. I hear people say all over the place, "There's nothing new under the sun." This is new. This is brand new. This is a new way of thinking. And it's so exciting because it really feels right. And and I love that. But before I dive into all the exciting things, we ask all of our guests one question, which is, well, one first question, which is what does making sales social mean to you?
0: What it means to me, Brian, is building. Developing high trust relationships, partnerships, because when you build trust, I think you I think you can differentiate in in sales on the basis of trust. And because when you build trust with people, they interpret you differently, they experience you differently. When you say something is costs more and is worth it, they believe you. Because they trust you because you built that trust. You've earned that trust. And, and so the relationships of trust is a great outcome that we always want. But also when we build the relationships of trust, it's how it leads to the sale. So it works kind of both directions. Yeah. And, and I like to say that in, in sales, we're always trying to do, you know, two things. Yes, we'd love to, you know, to get the business to, to win the deal to to get the you know grow you know make the sale whatever we might call it but we also want to build a relationship of trust because you can make a sale but not have a relationship of trust and then suddenly there's issues or things pop up and people they go back to the contract instead of having a conversation and and having a dialogue and saying look we're going to do the right thing cuz we trust each other and so that's just different in kind when you have a relationship of trust versus when you have a contract and that's what you default to. It's different in kind. So the quality of the cell is higher when there's a relationship of trust. And so making sales social is saying, let's use all the tools we have, digital tools, other tools of building relationships of trust because of who we are, how we work with people, the value we create for them, seeking their interest, and we use the tools we have to build those relationships because the higher the trust in the relationships, then the the better everyone is off. Everyone, it's win-win. And that's that's what making self-social mean to me, building relationships of trust.
2: Oh, I love that. And we talk a lot about building trust-based relationships. So I think that that's, uh, it, it's just fabulous. I love this. Okay, now we're going to jump into... Trust and inspire with, by the way, for the audience, I have a signed copy. So I'm absolutely thrilled. But um, I have been consuming this on Audible for probably six or eight weeks. And I keep going back to some things and I'm thinking, how am I doing this? And how can I change? And uh, it's like reframing the way that we engage with other people. So let's start uh with the question by what inspired you to research this topic? And that's a big deal. This is not hey, I just thought of an idea and wrote about it. You did some deep research and write which is now this best-selling book.
0: Yes. And by the way, uh, Bryn, I listened to books on Audible first too. That's how I always start with that. To me, listening is a great way. And then if I like the book, I buy the hard copy after listening it to it first on Audible. So (laughs) I learned the same way. Um, That's great. Let me tell you what inspired this. I'll never forget. This is uh, my father was Dr. Stephen R. Covey. who wrote The Seven Habits, Highly Effective People. Before he passed away, I had the thrill of doing some workshops with him and, you know, seminars and around the world. And, and, uh, you know, he'd take about three fourths of the time. I take about a fourth and he'd start off each one of these asking this question. He'd, 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 ask the audiences and these audiences would be, you know, maybe a thousand people in the room from government, business, education, healthcare, you know, every walk of life, um, all levels, et cetera. And he'd ask, how many of you believe that the vast majority of your workforce has more creativity, more ingenuity, more potential, more talent than their current job requires or even allows them to contribute. And almost every hand would go up. You know, there's a lot more potential inside of people that we're not unleashing, getting out. And then the second question would be, and how many of you are under tremendous pressure today? To produce more with less, and again, almost every hand would go up, and it was kind of like, just look at that juxtaposition. Here we are under this relentless pressure to produce more, get more done, and yet we're hardly tapping into the creativity, the talent, the capacity of our people. We're leaving so much um, on the table that's not being tapped into. And I, it was, it, to me, it was kind of like a what is wrong with this picture? What is wrong with our leadership that we're not unleashing the potential the greatness inside of people and, and that was when I started thinking about this idea that the way that we're leading is not getting out what it could it's not it's less and less relevant to a changing world and then I saw the world changing in front of our eyes with disruption of you know technology changes and and um and the workplace changing you know through covid i work from home work from anywhere remote hybrid intentionally flexible work and the, worst, the workforce changing with so much diversity and and as many as five generations at work and these younger generations you know gen z millennials the alpha generation coming up completely different expectations how they want to be engaged and the whole idea was the way we've been leading in the past is not going to work in this new world of work Mm. We've got to shift the way we're leading. The world has changed, but our style of leadership has not kept pace, And we need to get ahead of the curve. Most of us, or certainly many of us, but I believe the data shows most of us are still kind of operating in the old model. You mentioned it, command and control. Yep. It's just we've become better at it. <laughs> more more a kinder, gentler version of it, more advanced, more sophisticated. I call it an enlightened command and control. But we haven't really, shifted into a more accurate complete paradigm of people in the leadership that I call trust and inspire. And I began to realize that the style of leadership that brought us to where we are today is not the style that's needed to go forward tomorrow. We need a new way to lead in a new world. And I'm calling it trust and inspire. That was the idea. And then researching on why we need this kind of move and how we make this kind of shift was the whole premise for writing the book.
2: Yeah. I love that. And I have to say, cause I I'm always, when I'm listening, I'm always thinking like, where does this go? Right. And this nicer, kinder command and control to me is almost the definition of gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like to me, it's like, you know, I'm going to make you feel bad because I said this to you really nicely So you're going to feel guilty that you feel bad about this because you shouldn't, but you do. And why? And so to me, the command and control is really like gaslighting in the workplace. So that (laughs) I love
0: that insight. I I really do. It makes complete sense to me. We're still operating with a flawed paradigm of of how we view people, how we view organizations. It's, It's still more transactional. And it's still um, more around just motivation, not inspiration. You know, people want to be inspired and it's more more transactional. I, You know, what can you do for me and I for you versus what we can do with each other on the basis of partnership and collaboration? And, you know, the best sales is done that way is where it is truly, truly mutual benefit, truly win-win, truly, you know. What, how we work together as partners and we bring these values and we add this value and, and, you know, versus the, the guessing and the, uh, the withholding information and having people try to, you know, you know, guess and reach there versus being open and transparent and extending trust and building that kind of relationship and trying to help clients succeed by adding value. And, and in the process, we succeed too. So, you know, that's 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 working with people. That's trust and inspire, but still so much of leadership of sales, of life is we're still kind of trapped in the old model and maybe maybe we're we have a better version of it, which I I prefer that over the authoritarian command and control, but, right. but it's still it's leaving so much value on the table. And that's going to become less and less relevant by the day as we go forward in, you know, yeah. in a new world with. Well,
2: yeah. I, and I might even say the author, the authoritarian command and control is at least transparent. <laughs> like, yeah, at least
0: you're up front about it. The, the, the
2: Yeah. I actually weirdly am more comfortable with the authoritarian side of things <laughs> than, hey, I'm trying to trick you and make you think that I care about you. but it's really about what I need. And that to me is what command and control is. It's, I, this is what I need, what I want you to do for me. So um, I, I am loving this. So in what ways does a trust and inspire approach enhance employee engagement and motivation compared to a more traditional command and control approach?
0: Yeah. It's just profoundly different. You can think about it. Cause this, I'm glad you you're asking this because this is one of the biggest opportunities and challenges organizations are facing today. It's, it's winning that war for talent, attracting the best people, um, uh, retaining them. So they stay with you, engaging them. And then I'm going to say even inspiring them and, and um. Because because there's even something beyond engagement, and that's inspiration. It's the next frontier of engagement, and you know to get the inspiration, you need to go through engagement. So all of our engagement efforts are still good, but we can even go beyond that into inspiration, where there's another level of contribution and greater well-being of our people that comes from it. And and here's the idea: is that the way that we're going to win the war for talent and attract retain, engage, and inspire the best people is to bring out the best in people and to build a high-trust culture that inspires. Because you build a high-trust culture, that's a talent magnet. If you also build, you know, you inspire people through your leadership and, and that unleashes their potential, their greatness. And when people are their best selves, and you bring out the best in people, they want to be a part of that. They feel, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're drawn to that. People today don't want to be managed. People want to be led. They want to be trusted. They want to be inspired. And you can't command and control your way to a high-trust culture that inspires. It just doesn't work. You a can't fear culture. Come, yeah, so that's based on fear and at best on kind of transactional exchange. But it feels it feels transactional and that doesn't inspire you can't command and control your way to so the kind of collaboration and partnering and ultimately innovation that we need today to stay relevant. It doesn't work very well when people feel like there's you know it's dictated, it's top down hierarchical, what have you it's eye focused, not we and it's it's doing something to someone or for someone not with someone. Command and control is not going to produce the kind of outcomes that we need today to stay relevant, which is we got to keep our people and bring out the best in them Mm -hmm. because we're leaving too much talent that's not being tapped into and utilized, and we're losing too much talent. And we need to collaborate and innovate so we stay relevant when the world's shifting so fast around us. Command and control won't get you there. We need a new way to lead in this new world, and that's trust and inspire because it absolutely is beautifully aligned to bring out the best in people and to grow people. The whole idea is you get results in a way that grows people. Whereas command and control is, you know, you get results using people. There are means to an end. Trust and inspire, get results in a way that grows people. Two ends. The result, yes, but also the growth of the people. And, you know, you manage things, but you lead people. So we need good management of things, of systems, of structures, of processes, of the numbers, of the sales process, of of the business. We manage things, but we lead people. But so many of us have gotten so good at management that we start to manage people as if they were things. (laughs) And as soon as we start to do that, we're going to end up with no people and a lot of things. So manage things, lead people. It's not either or, it's and, but the context matters. Whereas trust and your command and control is kind of, I manage people and things. No, manage mm-hmm. things, lead people, different in kind, efficient with things, effective with people. Motivation works on command and con- you know, command and control is heavy carrot and stick in, you know, extrinsic yeah. motivation. Trust and inspire works on intrinsic inspiration. It's inside of people. You light the fire within. That fire when lit can light a whole lot of other fires and it can burn on for months, if not years whereas with motivation you gotta constantly provide more external stimuli more carrots more sticks to get it whereas yeah. inspiration is inside of people you're tapping into it that's the contrast the difference it's what we need today
2: yeah i love that and you know the carrot and the stick is i'm not doing this job because i love it i'm doing this job because i love the carrot that's right right and mm. and so i i think it's such a brilliant approach to the, folks are going to love their job if they are inspired and um, enabled right? To to do right. what they do best. So
0: hired, enabled, trusted. Um, yeah. And also that they're recognized for who they are as a whole person. You know, wow. they're, they're, they're a body, a heart and a mind and a spirit when it's motivation only characteristic only it's saying they're compartmentalized. They're just a, they're just a body. So pay them. They are, you know, and I, I'm not against pay. We all want to be paid and yeah, yeah. fairly competitively, but we have so much more. We also have a heart. So we want to connect. Mm-hmm. We want to belong. We want caring. We want love. We have a mind, mm-hmm. so we want to contribute and develop and grow. McKinsey study shows the number one reason why people leave, because they're not growing. And then we have a spirit. We want to matter. We want to make a difference. We want to leave a legacy. We want to have significance. And so we're a whole person. So let's tap into that through inspiration that includes some motivation for the body, but it's so much more than just a carrot and stick approach only Mm. that command and control tends to exemplify. So this is how we're going to win the war for talent is how we're going to collaborate and innovate to stay relevant. But it's also, there's greater well being, energy, and joy. It's
2: just a happier and more exciting
0: way to lead.
2: Absolutely. It feels good when the people around you feel good. It does. Yeah. And And they-
1: Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com/in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com/in. So good.
2: Right. And then yeah, I think that's amazing. I love this.
1: Beautiful.
2: So, you know, as this is clearly the pathway to the future, especially if we want to stay competitive, keep our clients and our, our employees. What are some of the common pitfalls and challenges that you're seeing leaders face when they're like, okay, I get we need to do trust and inspire, but you know, when I read the book, I have my people read the book and then we go and try it and I still have some pitfalls. What, what are you seeing that happens?
0: Yeah. There are pitfalls that are very real because we're all on the journey <laughs> and yeah. and uh we know we need to do this but it's kind of still hard to do it. To know and not to do is not to know. So we got to get there. And so so uh here's some of the common ones. I identified what I call five common barriers to becoming trust-inspired leaders. And the first one is kind of this idea that this won't work here. I like the idea, it's really good but you don't know my boss, (laughs) it's never going to work here, in this culture, or you don't know our industry. We're a very command and control industry, you know, and, or you don't know my company or this or that. It's very easy to kind of think that I like this idea, but it's not going to work here. And we got to kind of confront that head on, you know, with the idea of you first become a model who then can become a mentor. So you work right within your circle of influence and you ripple out from there. First model then mentor. So it can work anywhere. Because it may not work for the whole company, but it could work for your team and for mm-hmm. your direct reports and for your home and your community by going inside out, model it, go first. That's, that's maybe a big one. That's
2: it. I mean, that's, that's the magic. Do it. And it, it, it's like parenting even, right? Like it's, your kids do what they see you do, not what you tell them.
0: Yep. Inevitably. And, yeah. and I've learned that the hard way. And, you know, we're always modeling. The question is, what are we modeling? Right. <laughs> and and uh, So we got to go first. Someone needs to go first. Leaders go first. And so that's kind of the barrier, though. The idea that I like these ideas, Stephen, but you don't know my world. (laughs) You don't know my situation, my boss, my company. Another one is kind of the just a whole series of fear based scenarios, you know, fear. You know, what if I try this and I lose control? Or what if I have been burned in the past? And, you know, and, you know, or what if I try this and it doesn't work? Or, or, or what if I don't get the credit? Maybe there's a little bit of oh, ego. Yeah. Uh huh. Is, it's not, that's not uncommon. Or what if, um, I'm not quite as confident as you think I am? Maybe there's a little bit of a posture syndrome. So these are a variety of fear based kind of barriers that can get in the way. So with each of these, we got to just confront them, take them head on and actually flip it completely and show you how this is a better way of leading. You'll actually have more control. In a trust and inspire culture, than in a command and control culture, and you get better results and outcomes. So, in terms of not working, the odds are that you'll have actually get better performance if you trust your people rather than dictate to them the methods of how they do it. Let them determine that. You know, instead, you know, delegate outcomes. Let them come up with the process and and the methods of achieving them, and so forth. So that that's another common one. And then, then I could just, you know, I won't go through them all, but I'll just give you the last one. And that's the idea that, you know, Stephen, this is who I am. (laughs) You know, I've, this is what I know. This is what I've, I've, I've I've achieved a lot of success with a command and control model. And, and so I know this and and it's kind of part of my identity and it's all around me. And I've been mentored in this and coached in this and had success with this. And you're asking me to, change to this new world and 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 the idea there is that you know what we are not our style we're we're not programs we're programmers we can reprogram we can rescript we can change our style to be more relevant in a world going forward we can i just heard this metaphor of swing like you know swinging on the vine tarzan and jane swinging on the vine we can let go of the one vine and go into another so maybe we've been command and control and maybe that worked in the past but it's not going to work going forward. Right. And so we need to make that shift, take that leap, even if we've been defined by this, because we are programmers, not programs. We can rescript and become well, trust and inspire.
2: I think the most important thing in there to hear is what worked for you yesterday will not work for you tomorrow. We, we're different, Pat, whether you say past yes. shutdown and pandemic, whether the way, and you opened up yep. with the way we want to work. Um, we, yep. we were forced to work remotely and now a huge amount of folks are like, I like this. I, Absolutely. I get two hours back of my commuter time, like this, this is great. And so, and I know that a lot of leaders slash managers will say, well, I don't know what they're doing all day. <laughs> I need them in the office. They have to be here because they might be doing laundry instead of doing their work and i find that you know those are the folks that are stuck in that command and control right and and so but
0: they are are. and and the the thing about it is that that uh people won't feel inspired from that and they won't bring out the best in them and 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 but but they're worried about it but what if we had a different approach to it of the Of you're not just blindly trusting people. No, it's you build the agreement together with clear expectations around the trust being given with an agreed upon process of accountability to those expectations so that you're not losing control. It's just not control through micromanagement and hovering over, it's instead control through the agreement, control through the context, through the relationship, through the culture because of what you're building. then, Then people feel empowered. They feel trusted. They feel inspired, and they perform better. And they give the trust back to you. It becomes a virtuous upward spiral, and you still have control. That's the great thing. It's just in a different form, far better. Whereas, whereas oh. I've seen a lot of people, you know, people. Some people are working from home, but they don't feel trusted. And some companies have installed productivity software that looks and feels like surveillance software to the people, and that's even even worse. Kind of like, you do not trust me. Then why'd you hire me? Right. You know, and that's, it's just not going to, it's not going to tap into what people can give, what they're capable of. And the gap between our performance and our potential is too great. Wow. It's a leadership challenge. We've got to bring out the best in others.
2: Wow. Oof. I, I i just had a moment of, I am sitting here with Stephen M.R. Covey, listening to these magic words. And I, like, I, it's a surreal feeling. But what everything you, I have literal chills because this is the world I want to live in.
0: Yes. Yes. And I, and I, I, here's my guess. It's the world that our listeners and viewers want to live in too. I think it's not, I think it's you. I think it's me. I think it's everyone that don't we all want to be trusted and inspired when we think about this. Let me just ask our listeners and viewers this question. Think of a person in your life who believed in you. And and I'm going to ask this of you too, someone who believed in you, someone who had confidence in you, someone who maybe believed in you more than you believe in yourself, maybe took a chance on you, maybe gave you an opportunity. And it could come from any walk of life. It could come at work, you know, a a mentor, a coach, a leader, but it also could come in the community, a friend or a neighbor or an athletic coach or or a family member and and, an aunt or a, Grandparent, a parent, someone who believed in you, who trusted and inspired you. as you identify such a person, ask, what did that do to me? How did I respond that that kind of belief in me, that kind of trust placed in me? Did I need to be managed? No. It brought out the best in me. and right. how did I see myself differently because of it? And what did i what was I able to do? Yes. And you know brings out the best. Yeah. And it's back to your question. Isn't this what we all want? Yeah. It is. What if we could become that kind of leader for those that we led, for those around us, for others, for our children, for our communities, and we lead in that way to bring out the best in them. Let's pay this forward, what someone has done for us. Let's do it for others. Let's become this kind of
2: trust-inspired leader. I love that. I love it. Think of how many lives we can touch. We can touch a lot of lives. That's amazing. All right, I have one last Question. question. How can organizations begin to shift from this traditional command and control mindset to a trust and inspire culture?
0: Yes, um, lift where you stand, just start where you're at and try to get a model of this happening so you know if, if you're the CEO of the company, then you've got a lot more ability to have the entire organization start this shift. but maybe you're a team leader and and uh, or a sales leader or what have you, and and or, or or professional, and you're not the overall CEO. So what if you could model a trust and inspire team and culture to the rest of the organization where you're both getting the results, but you're doing it in a way that's growing the people. You're getting the results, but you're doing it in a way that inspires trust. And then where people feel engaged and inspired and your engagement scores are higher than others. And then your results are good too. And people say, You know, what's Brent doing? Look at this, getting great results. Look at their engagement off the charts. What are you doing? And you're saying, well, look, I'm approaching leadership through a whole new way of thinking about it. Trust and inspire. And, And so I start, you know, I look in the mirror. I start with myself and my team and my leadership and I ripple out from there. We just need to start doing this. We get enough of a critical mass, enough of these ripple effects going on. We can begin to really have an impact begin to shift an entire team and culture and organization so it's back to kind of the margaret mead quote that the best way to bring about the change that we want is with just starting with ourselves and with just a few people and you ripple out from there it's the only way change has truly ever happened and and so don't wait and don't wait on the boss don't wait on everyone else you model then you can be meant then you can mentor and people need to see models of a trust and inspire team. I trust inspire leader and in culture so that they know you can do this. You can still get results. This is not soft and weak. No, this is strong. It's just, you can be strong without being forceful. You can be authoritative without being authoritarian. I think of Satya Nadella and how he has led at Microsoft.
2: Yeah.
0: He modeled, he trusted, he inspired, and he inherited something that kind of wasn't growing as much and wasn't as innovative as much. And there was not keeping the talent He completely transformed it through his Mm -hmm. leadership style and unleashed the greatness of the organization by unleashing the greatness of his people. Cheryl Batchelder at Popeye's (laughs) (laughs) around to unleash the greatness of the organization by first unleashing the greatness of the people. There are leaders and models of this, of trust and inspire leadership, and we need that so so that people don't just say, well, to get results, you got to be command and control. No. You want to get results and sustain them? Trust and inspire. It's what it's about, because you not only get the result, because when you empower people, trust them with an agreement, they perform better, but you also grow the person. And therefore, your ability to get results in the future has just gone up. We're more capable.
2: Exponentially.
0: Exponentially. And this is not even talking about well-being, which Mm -hmm. is the other bonus. We're growing the people and they're happier. They stay with us. So it's a virtuous upward cycle. And I believe selling can be done in the same way. Have a trust inspired mindset in cells, which is we see the greatness, the potential inside of people, and and so we allow them to choose, and we because we believe in them, and 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 how we approach it, it feels like with, not either to or for me, but with me. I'm a partner, I'm a collaborator, and I'm focusing on inspiration more than motivation. It's a way of thinking about building relationships of trust in cells, and, and and change and so- your KPIs, absolutely. <laughs>
2: The KPIs everything. are killing me in this industry.
0: Yeah. Changes your whole mindset. Yeah. How we go about yeah. it. And, and I think doing this through social cells is a great opportunity as well. What you're doing.
2: Oh, you uh, well, and, and, and the core of what we believe is to detach from what the prospect is worth to us yes. and attach to what we are worth to the prospect. That's and trust and inspire. That, well, I mean, I, it's why I'm so in love with this. I mean I it it's it speaks to my heart and my soul and it it makes me happy and it makes me happy to implement and to identify where my command and control is and how do I reframe this? Yes. Because you're still going for the same result but how do I do that by empowering other people to help come up with that solution? And what's really interesting just from my personal experience is a lot of times I will say, I'm just going to do it. We're just going to do it my way because I know that it works. Mm-hmm. But I am so ignorant to all the other ways that it could work because I never asked. Right. And, and in, my, in my team now, I mean, my team is definitely empowered and they are definitely bringing ideas to the table, but they liked my ideas. They never even thought to think of other ideas. Right. Right. It wasn't like, I I wasn't like suppressing their ideas or telling them I'm not interested. They didn't even know it was an option because I had, this is how we're going to do it. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. And now we, I mean, the business is exploding because I can leverage, you know, I have six people on my team and I can leverage the brilliance and they're all different. Of each of them and do we adapt to everything or adopt everything? No, but they're open to having that conversation. And if we're not going to do it, they've talked us out of it. I've
0: <laughs> that's beautiful. That's that's beautiful. Right? They they've come to it. And right, but but you're you're they're now looking for these ways. You're 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 focusing yeah. on outcomes, not methods. They're coming up with new methods, new ways. Right. New approaches right. that you might not have thought of, they might not have thought of when they're just kind of following what you've given them, but they're achieving these outcomes and finding new ways that maybe were better than your way. And if they don't, maybe they come back to say, and I think your way actually is the best. I've tried a lot of others, but they they feel more committed to it. They're more engaged with it. But yeah. along the way, you're growing them and their, or their ability to come up with new ideas, new approaches has gone up. Oh, and and it's, so we're in a better place altogether. It's just such a better way to lead, especially in our world today, where people yeah. have such choices and options. And this is a, the best way I know to attract, retain, engage, and inspire talent and to bring out the best in people.
2: Oh, I cannot even tell you as, as inspired as I was before this, I'm, i am I am so honored to have gotten this time with you to have learned even more, a deeper dive into trust and inspire and to share this with my community. You are an incredible human and I am so grateful our paths have crossed. And all I can say is go out there, get speed of trust, get trust and inspire. It's, it's, not just career changing it is life changing it is transformative and i'm grateful every day for you
0: thank you so much
2: Bren you are so kind and generous oh and I thanks so how can that. what how can people get in touch with you what's the best way and and what do you do with companies beyond I, books yeah. i i i speak i consult i work with
0: them i work with senior leadership teams and help them build trust and inspire cultures and mm-hmm. trust inspired teams and and build high trust cultures, you know, that that is a talent magnet. Um, so I do a lot of work with organizations. I speak at conferences and and uh you know, all around the world, some 57 countries now on site in person, speaking about trust and inspiration and and the like. And huh. and then uh um and I love that. And then we have an organization, Franklin Covey organization, where we can do it's more than just me. In other words, I can maybe kick something off. And if it resonates, you can go deep with this, and take uh-huh. it to the organization to build that high trust culture throughout the whole company. So we have a whole variety of ways that we can engage. But uh, love to have you uh, you get more acquainted. You know the books, Trust Inspire, the Speed of Trust. Um, you can go to the website, Trust and Inspire. Also have one on Speed of Trust. And then I'm on LinkedIn. And and I know you're expert on this. Um, and and uh, and Twitter and Instagram. I love a follow. You can reach me through those means as well. And uh love to serve in any way I can to help, uh, oh, I love help this bring and about this kind of world.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna throw out there sales leaders, have a different kind of keynote at your next sales conference, have one that creates trust and inspire. Call on Stephen M.R. Covey. Thank okay. you, my friend. I am just absolutely—you made my year.
0: <laughs> Thank you. You're you're so kind, friend. Thank you. And I love that little sales leader, sales conference shout out because I come from sales. My yeah. background is in that, and I was a national sales manager as well as you know, a salesperson. You know, held the bag myself, but I come from that. But this is a it's a it's a transformative mindset that could that could people will interpret your clients, your prospects will interpret you different in kind through this trust and inspire approach than the the traditional command and control approach. So I'd love to help shift the paradigm.
2: I love that.
0: Great to be with you.
2: Great to be with all our
0: listeners and viewers.
2: Yes. Thank you so much. And as we're wrapping this up to all our listeners, don't forget when you're out and about to make your sales social.
1: Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social Podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website socialsaleslink.com for more information.